Hey everybody, this is Brian with the Herfcast, and if you are tuning back in from part one of this episode, this is part two. Um, this conversation picks up right where it left off. Uh, so if you haven't listened to part one, I would recommend doing that, and I'll just let you guys get right back into it. This is me and Albert Escobedo continuing our conversation. Enjoy. That's why I started my podcast because my fiance and I were not not that we were having issues with me doing stand up, but me being a, a I would call a seasoned comedian, I know what it takes to do stand up properly, and that means not being home. Yeah, that's really what it means. You're traveling, you're you're touring, you're out late at night. You don't have to be drinking or doing drugs, but you still got to be there, and you're not home. And so that's something that having a new relationship is not easy to balance. Yeah. So for me to have the podcast keeps me home. She knows what I'm doing. She knows where I am. It's all, it's all like a lot easier to uh, to transition from living in Los Angeles, doing a lot of comedy, to doing a podcast here. It's easier. It's easier than trying to spend a lot of time in Chicago or even driving t- to Lake Station or not like Cedar Lake where they have shows or Lowell where they have shows or Valpo where they have shows or like nothing's really near my place except for Crown Point has one show once a month, but it's a booked show, so you have to get booked. It's not just something I can go show up at. Is that a uh... Is that Zodiac? That's the Zodiac yeah. show. That's yeah. I, I know Keegan did that last month, I think. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that show I've done a bunch of times, so I can't just keep doing it unless I write new material. So, I mean, I don't want to do the same material I did last time. I mean, I would because I'm sure it wouldn't be all the same people, but it's not ideal for me or for them. And actually, the longer, the longer that I go without doing a show, then when I do a show, more people come. You know what I mean? If people are seeing me too regularly, you got you to gotta make yourself a little bit scarce if you're trying to promote yourself as a... Uh, you know, a higher level comic yeah. than they're typically seeing. Like Keegan's been doing comedy for a year. Super funny guy, but if you see his resume and you see mine, you're going to expect me to be better, right? Yeah. And, and that's not necessarily true, but I mean, it is in some point, like I, I think that I've learned some comedy skills that Keegan doesn't have yet that he'll he'll pick up, but it's a matter of when and how long you keep doing comedy. Because you learn, you can learn the skills sooner or later. That's not the important part. It's like how, how you use it, right? You use those skills to like he was talking about on your podcast, like how do you make a crowd that you have nothing in common with like your jokes? Like he was saying his material would work here and then not there. Yeah. You got to bridge that gap where your material works everywhere, which is sure damn near impossible, but you can get better at it. Where I have my little tricks where if I'm doing material that they're not digging, I'm going to change tracks and do something different. I'm not going to continue on my planned track that they're obviously not yeah. into. But that's something you got to learn how to transition smoothly so they don't notice any hiccup. You can't show any weakness. A weakness in a comedy show is just kryptonite. You know, it's going to kill all the laughter. People feel sorry for you while you're on stage. It's going to, it kills every laughter boner there is. <laughs> so, but I, I mean, I think as a comedian, you got to, you got to challenge yourself. And a new challenge is like, how am I going to translate what I've done to Northwest Indiana scenes? And it, and it was not as hard as I thought it would be. It, it turns out like, uh, you know, the comedy that I do fits well around here. It's a little bit uh, condescending, you know, it's a little bit, you know, like uh, I would say like venting, ranting, and that kind of suits the region. A lot of people are like that. A lot of people have like a hard-nosed type personality. You know, a lot of people have that that in them being a region rat, or, you know, where it's just like a grimy type of lifestyle. So my comedy is a little bit grimy, so it suits. People get it. So are you, like I I, I, I haven't heard any of your comedy. Uh-huh. Um are you, are you more of a like dirty vulgar or clean? I mean, I I would say that I've been conscious of not being dirty, but it, it could go there. I mean, it's not 
typical for me, but I have some jokes that I like that are dirty, um, but not intentionally. You know, well, I don't want to be seen as the dirty comic. It just sometimes goes that way. Well, that's how, you know, the, the episode you did with Keegan on Pet Peeves, you mentioned, I forget where it was at, but you mentioned that uh, it's it's regularly uh, like a vulgar, hard hardcore show, but you were going to take, you know, like, you know, clean material and just... Um, you know, kind of throw them off guard, catch them off guard, and, and get them oh, yeah. that way. Yeah, that was uh, one of the shows I saw at D's Performance Comedy Theater. I went there, and it was like, you know, it's a it's all black show, black room, and you might have like K. Francis Norris or Keegan on there, a few white guys in the scene. But when I saw those black guys, and they're they're really raunchy, like, and I'm not even exaggerating, like super fucking dirty and raunchy, and I love comedy black comedy white comedy jewish comedy mexican comedy it doesn't matter to me jokes are jokes jokes are funny but i do know that the audience isn't me you know the audience is typically not gonna most audiences aren't gonna want dirty comedian after dirty comedian after dirty comedian like i saw on that show but it worked in that room at that time for some of the comics because they're just really funny you know they 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 had their jokes uh so like even though it's dirty the punchline was still funny you know which is it's, it's a hard not to tie you know, where you're talking about dirty shit and then your punchline is funny enough that even the people that were, you know, disturbed or that you offended still laugh. I mean, that's the goal. So these guys were doing that. And I'm like, well, if I went up there and I just told, like, my material that's not dirty and doesn't need to be dirty to be funny, uh, I think that they would appreciate it. Yeah. I think that would just be like a palate cleanser. You know what I mean? And I, and I feel like that, too. Like, uh, to, you don't always want to give the audience what they want. Sometimes you want to give them what what you want you know like you're a chef and you're like just try this dish and they're like oh i don't like that you're like you'll like this yeah and you've never tried it the way that i make it you know and that's how i, I kind of want to see it and just in my experience it works out well for me because I, I see a lot of personalities on stage that they're it's like a big personality and i like my personality on stage to be smaller so my jokes are stronger yeah it's like uh more of a deadpan type comic where you're like they have to listen you know, I don't want the I don't want it to be physical. I want it to be like cerebral. I want you to have to think, and then it hit you, and then you think about it later when you're living your normal life. Because uh, I I watch comics like that. Like, I don't know what kind. Do you watch stand up comedy? Uh, yeah, that's when I get a chance. Yeah. Um, nothing recent. I think the well, uh, the most recent thing I've watched was uh, Segura's new special. Uh, before that, uh, I've I've watched a couple of older specials here and there. Um. Well, so, you hit yeah. the nail on the head. Tom Segura is like my favorite comic right now. Yeah. He's the best. And his comedy is exactly what I'm talking about, where he's not doing a lot of physical comedy. He's just talking. He don't move too much. Yeah. He does a couple little voices, but they're just like a little bit of a voice. It's not like a, an impersonation. You know, it's not like he's doing uh, uh, Schwarzenegger or something. Yeah. He's not doing uh, Christopher Walken. You know, so it's like that. that's exactly if you if you watch Tom Segura. You'll see what I what I consider the best kind of comedy. Yeah, like that's the best kind of comedy. Just a guy telling jokes. You know, it's not like Kevin Hart where he's all over the stage and he's yelling a lot and he's you know flipping over his his stool and all that. Like that's funny too, but that to me that's not like pure stand up. Pure stand up is a guy standing there. Yeah, it's a Mitch Hedberg. Yeah, I was gonna say it's, Mitch Hedberg. It's a fucking yeah. It's a Tom Segura. It's a Bill Burr. You know, these are the guys that are just like really good at comedy. Like they just do it right. They have a little setup something that makes it personal to their life, then they tell a little story, then they do a little act out, and then they get their laugh, and then they move on to the next joke. Like, that's fucking brilliant, because that's hard to do, man. It's super hard to do. You yeah. got to have such a good personality that people are waiting for the funny part. You yeah, know? that's uh, that's fun. 
the other day at work, the other night at work, I should say, um, I, I forget how it came up, but uh, there was definitely a Mitch Hedberg reference. Uh, they Somebody said something about uh, one, of, one of the truck driver's clothes or something, and it made me think of Hedberg. It's like, yeah, you know, uh, this shirt's dry clean only. You know what that means? It's dirty. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. It was right into the mic. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, that's, I mean, that, that's definitely that's definitely classic oh, stand-up man. comedy. You know? Yeah, that's what I mean where you have to, like, think about it. Like, Mitch yeah. Hedberg's jokes, like, they don't quite make sense. You got to put some, you got to put the puzzle pieces together. Yeah. Like, oh, this is what he means, and it's just killer material. And mine's, man, my material is not Mitch Hedberg level, but, uh, you know, that's what I aim for. I'm yeah. aiming for a Tom Segura Bill Burr, and I do well enough that I stick with my formula. I stick with my formula where it's pretty casual. Like I, I don't like it to seem too rehearsed or too, uh, too uh, scripted. Yeah. You know, I try to make it seem really in the moment. And by doing that, I mean it has to literally be in the moment. I do a lot of crowd observation before I go on stage. I do a lot of like imagining what uh, what I'm going to look like on stage before I go on stage by watching the comedians before me. And I see what worked for them, what didn't work for them, what the crowd responded to, what they didn't, uh, and that and that helps me a lot. I mean, that's something else I've learned, especially like going up for roast battle, where sometimes you're going up late in the night, like 1 a.m., 12 a.m., things like that, and you've already seen 15 comics before you. Yeah. And if you're not using all that information to benefit you on stage, you're an idiot. Like yeah. that's a lot of information. If you just watch 15 comedians before you, you're going to learn about the room. You're going to learn about the mood. You're going to learn about the host. You're going to learn about the, the, the judges and the roast battle. There are judges. You're going to learn what they like and don't like, and you can use all that to your advantage. Uh, and that's another, like, comedy IQ. You know, your comedy IQ ups just by watching a lot yeah. of comedy, just watching shit tons of comedy. Well, that's I, – I watched a lot of comedy back in the day, uh, you know, like the – all back when Comedy Central Presents was uh, what was big. Uh, oh, yeah. You know – I, I watched a lot of that, um, and then, but yeah, recently I, I just I haven't had the time. But I mean, whenever I do have, like, if I if I'm off, of, like I'm I'll be on vacation, uh, you know, like I said, the end of May, and like the last time I watched any type of like a, any type of TV entertainment, you know, that uh, uh, I hurt my my Achilles uh, what a year and a half ago. So you're on the couch. So, so yeah, I was on the couch for you know, three, four days. Mm. And that's, that's all I did was, was watch uh, Netflix. You know, that's, that's when I started watching Stranger Things. I, I watched the, the first season of Stranger Things in about like a day and a half yeah, or something. Yeah, yeah. And uh, caught Good a couple, show. yeah, caught a couple of specials. Like I, I, I watched uh, one of Bill Burr's specials. Um, no, I did get to go see uh, Burt Kreischer. Yeah. Uh, how's he live? Oh, fucking amazing. Did you take your shirt off? Oh yeah. The machine? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> his, his shirt was off. Like he, he came out, he had a shirt on and, you know, said what's up, everybody, and ripped yeah, everybody it, ripped, starts going crazy. Uh, oh yeah, ripped rip his shirt off. Everyone goes crazy. Uh, he was fucking hilarious. Where like, did you see him at? Uh, the Improv in Schaumburg. Oh okay, I never so, been out there. Nice club. Uh, it, yeah, it's nice, and you know the drinks aren't too bad. You know, two you drink know, minimum though. Yeah, two two drink minimum yeah, or uh, not uh, well, uh, two drink or food minimum. Ah, so okay. grab so grab an appetizer, a couple of drinks, get some and, chicken wings or yeah, whatever. Yeah, and uh, the food there is actually fantastic. Um, and like I said, the drinks aren't bad. I got, um, what was it like the, the like 20 or 22 ounce glass improv cup, you know, mm. um, uh, you know, get a beer, keep the glass thing. And that, yeah. I, th- I think that was 12 bucks, oh, okay. uh, but like a, you know, a tall beer like that would be like eight bucks if it wasn't keep the glass. Right. Right. Um, right. So, I mean, very reasonable. Um, yeah, it's d- not comedy store prices. No, no. Um, 
Imagine but, paying twelve dollars for a tall boy PBR. Yeah, game. You might as well be at a Cubs game, right? Yeah, really. That's uh, I think I think the worst I had with PBR was I went and seen a show in I think it was Cleveland at the Agora, um, and yeah, twenty four ounce PBRs were like eight bucks or something. It was like fuck, man. Yeah, and and this is this is fucking like fifteen years ago. Oh shit! You know, Jesus, that's crazy price. Yeah, then yeah. It's so it, it's especially for fucking PBR. That, right. that was that was before PBR was all hipster and shit. When it got popular, yeah. Remember when it was like the dirtiest beer, and now oh, it's yeah. like. Yeah, everybody that's, wants see, it. that's I I grew up on shitty beer. I still appreciate shitty beer. Yeah. You know, uh, my my tastes have definitely grown. Right. Um, I, matured. Yeah, like if it if it's a hot summer day and I'm I, and I want to drink all day, you know, that's that's when I'll go for the Coors Light, Miller Light, you yeah, know, yeah, shit yeah, like yeah. that. Uh, but keep you hydrated, but keep yeah, you buzzed. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. That's uh, actually not too long ago. A friend of mine had a party. It was a um, my brother's old house. We 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 call we call it the Krizow, and. Uh, a friend of mine had, you know, it was an old school Krizow party. So we went there for that. And that's the first time in a long time that I've, I've drank Miller Lite, you know, continuously. And um, I, I actually posted it on my Instagram. I, I had like eight Miller Lights. And I took a picture of the Miller Lite on my Instagram and, and posted, uh, you know, this is the only way you could have eight beers and still be sober. You know, yeah, that's exactly what it just piss a lot. Yeah, yeah, that that's that is for sure. That's the downside. I don't get too drunk, but then I gotta piss fucking every twenty minutes, and it's a nightmare. If you're ever like in a bar and you gotta wait for the bathroom. So, I've had to relight the cigar like seven times. Oh, that's. I mean, when when you're talking a lot, that'll happen. That's you know, that's I, I've definitely been conscious to. To keep going on mine. Oh, this is a dope uh, ashtray you got here. Oh, thank you. That's yeah, I, I like that one. Is it to fix my? No, just go ahead and try lighting it. I'll I'll hold it. Yeah, no. just keep puffing on it with. There you go. So, yeah, not. I mean, hell, nothing to be ashamed of. It's uh, you know, one of, one of your first times smoking a cigar. We're talking a lot. Yeah, this is if I finish this cigar, it'll be my first cigar I've ever finished, and yeah. I, um, I'm looking for that milestone. But I'm like halfway through it. Yeah, it's well, it's, it's starting to. I, I made sure to bring some for you. Yeah, an extra one for me. So, yeah, you um, got a bunch of rookies on here. Do you ever have people that are other cigar connoisseurs that can like yeah, hang, like hang my, with you? My my buddy Dave is he's been on here five or six times. Uh, that's actually after the episode with Keegan. Uh, me and Dave did an episode, but. It was real lackluster. Um, there, there, there was a lot of, gee, so what? What should we talk about now? And, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, long, long pauses and whatnot. So I, I ended up not, not posting it. It just yeah, wasn't, okay. just wasn't, uh, wasn't there. Yeah. Now that'll happen. I mean, so when I got started, I didn't mind that because it was practice. Yeah, you know, and learning how to use it. Yeah, all this stuff. Yeah. So, you know, in the in the beginning, I didn't mind stuff like that. Um, because that's one one of one of the Stessel traits is it's got to be perfect before we do anything with it. Um, with that. And but that that could be real, real hard to do. It, it could really hurt. Like um, my brother's starting a podcast, and he was starting it before mine, and he's had his website for like three years now, and still hasn't released anything. Really. And I I keep telling him it's like Tom, you 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 gotta. 
you got to get on it. You yeah, know, you got to make so, that first step. So that's that was like when I when I did the first episode, it's like, man, this isn't this isn't that great. Mm. You know, it's, but it's like, you know what? Fuck it. I'm gonna I'm just gonna release it. You know, put it out there. I'm gonna have what. 10, 12 friends listen to it. Right. And then I'll get feedback. Right. You know, so just, um, you know, learn as I go, uh, get get the feedback and, um, you know, try to grow with it. And so that's like I said, you know, Keegan was the first non-friend. Um, and, you know, now I'm, I'm, I'm to the point now where I'm comfortable enough to, to start reaching out to, you know, someone like you. Yeah. And, you know, just, hey, you know, come on and you know, yeah, let's let's just sit here and bullshit. But like, you know, with the with the not so familiar with cigar guests, uh, that's that's kind of been a theme with me, and I'm okay with that. Like, um, you know, I th- I think it's I think it's neat because I get I kind of get to share the experience with somebody new, and you know, if if they end up liking it and enjoying it, mm-hmm. and um. You know, they they might get into the hobby. It's it's just something. um, I can see enjoying this. I'm not lying. I think that this is like a very soothing, casual activity where it is like relaxing. You know, you're not, you don't, you know, you're kind of focused on this one thing, just enjoying your cigar. Yeah. So it's 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 a nice, like it's uh like almost meditative. Yeah. You know, that's uh, especially especially smoking a cigar by yourself. Um. You know, most of the time, uh, when I'm smoking a cigar, I'm I'm either at a lounge, or if I'm in here, uh, on on most nights, uh, I could hop online and there's a group of us that do uh, the Google Hangouts like video chat. Uh, so we, you know, it's a it's a Google Herf. <coughs> Excuse me. So, you know, it's just uh, you know anywhere two to ten guys just video chatting while smoking cigars and it's uh you know it's definitely a social thing but at the same time like i said you know if you're smoking a cigar by yourself you know it's it's just calming relaxing um you know there's there's like actually this afternoon like i was i was out here getting all this stuff ready trying to get everything ready so i wouldn't be fucking around with it when you got here and you know we could just kind of get to it uh just smoking a cigar like that and you know just peaceful yeah, I, I, you know. I can see that. Absolutely. What is what is herf? Uh, herf is just getting together to smoke cigars. Really, that's a, yeah. like a common yeah cigar lingo. Yeah, yeah. In the in the cigar world, it's uh, you know a, a herf is just uh, you know a couple of guys getting together. Well, I should say a couple of people, a couple of people getting together to smoke cigars and you know just have a conversation, just bullshit. Interesting. So. And so your uh, Herf Cast is a name for a podcast. It's pretty fucking awesome. Oh, that's uh, my brother came up with it. Like I, I was, I, I think what I was thinking when when I was getting started was, uh, so you like cigars? And my brother's, well, you know, what about Herf Cast? I was like, oh, yeah, heck yeah, yeah that that that's a lot that's a lot more clever <laughs> than mine. <laughs> what was his podcast going to be? Uh, I, I I can't say the name of it. Um, what was it going to be I, about? Um, I I can't. No, get no, the balls a, until he releases. Well, no, not that, but uh, I I could talk to you about it off mic. That that's fine, but um, like, just he he could get in trouble for it. Oh, I, I, I gotcha. guess that that's that, that's what I'll say. I so. gotcha. I mean, uh, we gotta we gotta always be reminded that we have lives outside of this. Mm-hmm. I mean, I I totally appreciate that. I think that it's smart to uh, you know know your time and place. You know, 
place and time for oh, yeah. whatever you're doing and talking about. Know your audience is rule number one to yeah. entertainment. Um, and I totally believe in that. We all got to keep our shit together. It's not, it's not worth taking those risks. I think uh, that's yeah. something else you learn that I've learned in comedy too, that there's some risks that aren't worth taking. Uh, just because it seems like fun to take risks is like a really young, immature thought. Like, yeah. oh, I'm going to take this risk just because it seems fun. But when you have something to lose, you know, yeah. it's not worth it. Yeah, that, so. that's the whole thing. Like, uh, if, if the day job found out about it, he'd, he'd yeah. be in trouble. Yeah, so. that's where uh, I totally get it. Like, I don't even talk about where I work on my podcast. I'm a pet yeah. podcast, and I talk about having a t- job as a vet tech, but I'll never talk about where I work. Just out of respect for my job, I appreciate having a job. You know, I appreciate having work. I appreciate everything my job's done for me. Uh, I don't want to fuck that up just because I feel like speaking liberally. You know, yeah. it's not worth it because I I do stand up comedy. I can say whatever I want on a comedy stage. Yeah, uh, and that's not getting broadcast anywhere. And I love that. I mean, that's the one thing that I think uh, anybody who's thinking about doing stand up comedy should at least give it a shot. There's no therapy like stand up comedy. Like it's really you you really got to put your heart out there to like write some material. I mean, obviously people are going up there and just you know, not trying any anything original, you know, and just trying to get laughs. But I don't think that's the point of comedy. I think it's trying to make people really consider an alternative perspective, like really making people think about uh, the difference between your truths and my truths, right? Those yeah. Are, they're totally different. But at the same time, we're all human. So, like, we're all flawed. That's the commonality. Oh, absolutely. That's, that's the thing that we all have to understand. We're all flawed. Nobody's perfect. Uh, everybody's trying. Well, most people are trying. Not everybody's trying. Uh, and and to appreciate art, right? Yeah, and that's what I love about podcasts and what you're doing. Like, this is what I try to explain to other people. Like, podcast is just another art form. Yeah, it's another art form. Like, it's not easy. You have to set all this up. You have to learn how to use the equipment. You have to learn how to use the internet in a way that you haven't used it before. And these are all skills that are very useful in this day and age. Whether today or tomorrow, nobody knows. But I'm sure the fact that I've taught myself how to edit video, post on YouTube edit a podcast, audio edit, post it on for podcasts, like putting all together that like, that's a useful skill. And whether you make money on it one day or not, maybe, maybe not, but you'll be able to do something that other people can't, which I feel like is a, is my, is, you know, it's a good motivator for me. I want to, I want to not be like everybody else. As far as making money, like I, I don't ever plan to make money off of this. This is just a fun hobby to have, you know, that's, um, it, if it happens someday, great. Right. I'm not, I'm not going to turn it down. No. You know, um, but no, about about the everybody trying stand up. Uh, that's I, I can't remember if we talked about it on the episode or if it was afterwards. But you know, I uh, mentioned to Keegan. It's like, yeah, you know, I, I wouldn't mind giving it a shot, but I'm just not. I, I don't think I'd be that funny. And he's like, oh, that's fine. You know, a lot of comedians aren't. You know, yeah, he, it was on the podcast, <laughs> and I totally agree with him. And I laughed at that part. He's like, a lot of people, a lot of comedians aren't funny either. So it's yeah, like, I totally buy that. And when I was first doing stand up. I had other people start stand-up right after me because they're like, oh, we saw you up there bombing, and we figured I, I could do that too. Yeah. And that, if that's your reason for starting, I don't. there's nothing wrong with that. Mm-hmm. Go ahead. Give it a shot. Uh, it's not for everybody, obviously, but I think it is for anybody out there who really feels like they should, that they want to try it, you should. You should. It's not, it's not, it's not going to hurt. You know, it's not, it's not like... You know, you're trying to jump out of an airplane for the first time where things can go really wrong. Yeah. In stand-up comedy, it's very safe. You know, worst case scenario, you're not funny, but you should at least try to be interesting. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, that's that's the other thing when you're first, first starting out in stand-up comedy. If you're really focused on getting a lot of laughs, that's going to affect you. You know, you're going to you're gonna feel disappointed if you don't get the laughs. Yeah, if you do, great. But say you don't, you're going to get discouraged. So your, your main point shouldn't be being funny. It should be being coherent. 
like putting your thoughts together in a way that people can understand like a beginning middle and end so at least when you're talking people can follow you because if they can't follow you it doesn't matter how funny you are they don't get it they don't know you're they don't get the the connection from the setup to the punchline so you should be focused on uh in my opinion uh not necessarily writing but at least writing in your head you know where you're, you're like okay i'm gonna say this then this then this okay that sounds a little awkward let me change this word all right, that sounds, it's not quite the tense that I want to end up in. I want to end up in a past tense. I started in a present tense. So let me change the beginning of the story. So now I'm in a present tense. And then you can, you know, manipulate the, the jokes to at least people are interested in what you have to say. And that's, that's 90% of the battle, being interesting. And that's something, uh, I think it was Bill Hicks. He said, your material is what you rely on when your personality isn't working anymore. Like you should have an interesting personality, an interesting perspective before you step on stage. I mean, you have to have something to talk about. I mean, I don't know how many guys are going to step up there and start talking about traffic and weather. You know what I mean? Like that's, yeah. it's not that it's pointless. It's just been done. You know, it's been done. You got to have a, something else to, to put on the table. And I think uh, it challenges other comedians too, especially when I hear somebody young like Keegan, he's only been doing comedy for a year and he's brilliant and hilarious. Then it's like, man, I better step my game up, you know, cause I want to, not beat him but keep up you know i want to i want to keep up with my peers my friends and uh, i want them to think i'm funny you know you yeah. want you want your friends to think you're funny too especially when you're when your friends are comedians it is a little bit of added pressure but i would imagine it's the same if you're a basketball player and you're hanging out with a bunch of basketball players well that's i mean uh i i could see you know that's that's just one way that you could just feed off of each other and uh grow that way and we do i mean it's a lot of growth especially in this northwest indiana scene is small so we're constantly seeing the same people over and over and over again, comedians. And I I feel like pride when I see them trying new material. Say Keegan's got five minutes that are killer, but then the next week he's doing a new five minutes. It's like that takes balls. Yeah. You know, that takes balls. And I appreciate anybody who's got balls, men or women, I don't care. You know, you can, I guess, ovaries <laughs> if you're a female. And I appreciate that, man. It's It's hard. It's hard to try anything new. It's hard to get out of your comfort zone. And especially if you're stuck in wherever you are, Northwest Indiana, small town, whatever you're doing, uh, to step on a stage and do anything. I imagine if you're improv, if you're an actor, or if you make YouTube videos or whatever, it's nice to step out of your skin for a second and be somebody that you can't always be. Like when I'm at work, I'm not a comedian. Like even if I tell jokes, I'm not a comedian. I take my job seriously. You know what I mean? So it's like, it's nice to have a duality. And then you come home and then you're something else, you know, and then you go to work, you're something else, you do comedy, you're something else. And I I like that little uh, role playing, you know, wearing different hats. I feel like it makes me a better human, you know, to have the ability to uh, reassess, you know, yeah. assess a new situation and think, okay, I I got to treat this differently than I would treat that. And to be the type of person that says, "Not nah, fuck that, take me as you leave me and you better like me no matter what. Like that's, that's an asshole. That's what an asshole says yeah. and does. Yeah. You know, you got to be conscious. You got to be empathetic. You got to consider other people's feelings. And I didn't always see life that way. You know, it took a little bit of time for me to understand that other people matter you know yeah i don't know if it's a man thing or if it's just a me thing but you know it didn't it didn't always occur to me right just to consider how other people feel it always just seemed like a uh, an added unnecessary step like why does it matter what they think but it totally matters if you don't want to be alone one day yeah if you want to be in a room playing solitaire one day sure but who wants that I don't yeah know. that's i mean you know i for the most part, I really don't care what, what most people think. Uh, but you know, there's definitely the people that, that you do, right. you know, that's, uh, you know, the, the list is short, it should but, be. um, 
you know, there, there's definitely still people there that, you know, I, I definitely care what they think and I, do, I don't want to let them down. Yeah. Uh, but the vast majority of people, no. Write them off. Yeah. And I think that's healthy too. Like I like, uh, I mean, I listen to a lot of rap music and it's very, uh, uh, you know, a lot of machismo. And they talk about, uh, Jay-Z has a line where he's like, as you, as you get older, the walls get taller and the list gets shorter. So you're like, protect your, protect what you care about. You know, yeah. you protect your, your few people on that list. You protect your family, you protect your close friends, you protect yourself, your career, things like that. But your list is pretty small. It should be, I think. You don't have enough compassion, enough space to care about everybody. Yeah, that's, I mean, I've, you know, with, with me, it's always been a, a, a small circle, but now, um, you know, just through just through growing up, that circle just kind of shrinks a little bit. Yeah, you know? it's natural. Um, not that not that I I still don't care for those people the same amount or the same way. You know, I I, I do, but it's just day to day contact. Yeah, you know that that that's where the change is at. Yeah, do you make a conscious effort to like keep in touch with old friends? Yeah, that's. Uh, I mean, there, there's a group of us. We we try to at least do something once a year, uh, generally the end of summer or, um, you know. One one of my buddies is you know his, his parents always have a uh, Christmas Eve party so okay. whenever I whenever I'm in town and you know have the time to do it on Christmas Eve we try to skate over there it, even if it's just for a few minutes you know but the the end of the summer thing is 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 pretty pretty standard pretty pretty good for the most part where where most of us could could still get together so are you from Griffith No I'm from Hammond. Um, and let's see, we moved out here three years ago. <coughs> but born and raised Hammond? Yeah, born and raised Hammond with the exception of, uh, you know, my, my moving away to, to random places every once in a while. So that's like I said, Air, uh, Phoenix for six months. I was in uh, Joplin, Missouri uh, for about six months. I, I, I My parents moved out to Joplin when I was 18. Okay. And... See, when I was 25 or 26, uh, I was getting really bad with alcohol and whatnot. And, um, you know, it, it took a long time for me to realize that. And But once I did, I, you know, I was just like, all right, I, I'm going to go live with my parents for a little while. Uh, you know, it's kind of like my, my personal Betty Ford. I got yeah, a I was job. Yeah, I going to say, your, your rehab center. Yeah. Uh, got, got a job out there and uh, then an opportunity came up out this way when I was, when I was ready. Um, and so, so I came back. Uh, that's, I mean, obviously I still drink, uh, but I definitely don't drink. Like I, I mean, my, my goal every day was to drink as much as possible, throw up, go at it again and, you know, start over again the next day. Um, now it's definitely a lot more leisurely. It's uh, a, a hell of a lot more responsible. Yeah. You know, uh, I've, I've got, you know, that goes back to taking risks. You know, it's just not a risk that, that I'm willing to take. You know, I, I don't want to fuck things up with my family. No. You know? No, you realize what you have. But I mean, I don't know if it's, is it everybody? I don't know. I went through a phase where I was drinking a lot. I mean, I can't say I was like boot and rally, throw up and start all over again. But I yeah. was at a point where I was probably drunk five days a week for a good three years where I was drunk like five days a week and like pretty fucking wasted. Uh, and having a great time. I mean, like I knew at the time that it wasn't good, especially because I was just blowing so much money. Yeah, blowing all my money on nightlife, food and drinks, and 
of course, being Mr. Generosity when I'm when I'm yep. drunk and buying everybody else drinks and then ending up with no money and being like, well, I won't do that again and then doing it all over again. Oh, that's yeah. when I knew I had a problem. Yeah, coming to the realization, it's like, shit, I'm spending this much a month on on my vices. You know, that's that's just not good. And then, you know, no. it, it goes good for a week and then it's right back to it, you know. Um, but that's, you know, live and learn. That's I, you know, I, I've never regret regretted anything you know it everything that i've done everything that i've gone through has made me who i am today and it, it, oh, yeah. it's it's given me what i have today yeah so. I, I uh replay that thought in my mind often when i'm like you know feeling down i'm like man you have nothing to feel bad about you you just lived a life and now you are who you are you know you, yeah you had all these experiences take it or leave it some you could control some you couldn't and it made you who you are today who's not a bad person i'm capable i'm productive you know i'm not I mean, I'm lazy, but I'm not that lazy. Uh, so it's like, all right, it, it didn't go that off the rails. Like, it could have. There were times where it could have gone so far off the rails, and it never did. And I can't say that it was all luck. A lot of it was me just taking a moment to get my shit together. You know, just yeah. whatever it took. Little things, little moments here and there where I was like, all right. Uh, when I noticed, like, my personal relationships being affected, you know, that, that, would, that would be something that I would take notice of. Like, when my friends... Were, were telling me that I was making a lot of mistakes or when I was just, like, noticing my friends didn't want to talk to me as much as I would like them to. And, th- and there was a little phase of that where every time I was getting drunk, I was, like, just acting out, like, trying to start fights or trying to steal shit or trying to fucking, uh, you know, just stay out later, chase the next party, those kind of things, just, like, where my friends were telling me, like, hey, last night you were kind of an asshole and yeah. me being like, no, I wasn't. And that happens enough times, and your friends stop telling you that you're being an asshole. They start treating you like an asshole. And it's like, all right, I gotta fix some things. And it's like, all right, that it didn't take too long. Luckily, I mean, I feel like three years isn't that long to be like a, a functional alcoholic. Yeah. Uh, I mean, luckily, three years isn't that long, but it's long enough where really bad things could have happened oh, yeah. in that time. Yeah. And well, bad that's... things did happen. I mean, those are the most troubles that I've ever had is in those those times where I was just like blacking out all the time. Yeah. Blacking out and still awake though. You know, like, I didn't I didn't really black out that much. I well, I definitely blacked out more than the average person. Sure. Um, but there there was one time that I didn't even know about it until it, it had to be five, six years after the fact. Um one of the bars, you know, the 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 bar that was, was my was my home away from home your cheers um, yeah that's uh what was it it was, it was like five five six years after the fact um you know i i ran into the bartender um that was there that night and she said something about the time i ran around the bar naked it's like <laughs> the fuck are you talking about <laughs> and she's like yeah it's like no I, I thought i ran around with my shirt off she's like no Ooh. no <laughs> she's like i cut you off that night I was like, I I don't remember any of that, but she's like, she's like, yeah, hey, I cut you off, and I went back to tell you know the owner. She's like, yeah, hey, I cut Brian off. She's like, ah, oh, you don't need to cut him off. He's not driving. I didn't have a license. He's not driving anywhere. He's fine. She's like, no, he didn't. He didn't have a problem with it. He he was cool with not drinking. Like, <laughs> yeah, I don't I don't remember any of that. You know, that's bad though. That's what you don't want. Yeah, exactly. You don't want to be that guy. I had a point where my best friend Henry, who was uh, he's my co-host on the Pet Peeves podcast, he would like tell me I was doing things that I would be like, no, I would never do that. I would never say that. And so he started recording me. He started recording me when I was drunk. And then the next day telling me what I said and did. And I'd be like, no, no, I didn't. No, I would like bet him money. Like, there's no way I said that. And then he'd be like, oh yeah. 
then he'd show me the video and I'm like, man, holy shit. That's crazy that I could have such a totally different personality yeah. when I'm blackout drunk. And it's like, man, I can't, I can't just be okay with that. Uh, and man, luckily it's been a long time since I've had any kind of like real drinking problem. Like we're, I mean, it's, it's to the point right now where I'm just very conscious of it. Like where yeah. I feel myself getting too drunk and I'm like, all right, it's time to go home or it's time to start drinking water. Or it's just like usually just time to go home. Yeah. Like that's what it is. Like it's just time to go. As soon as I have that, what I used to ignore, I used to ignore that initial brain alert that says go home. I used to ignore it. Now I fucking go home. I yeah. Just, like listen. Yeah. Yeah. And I, that's, I mean, that's, I mean, I feel like everybody has that. Everybody has that moment when they're out where it's like, okay, you've had enough. You've drank enough. You've laughed enough. You've done whatever you came here to do. Now it's time to go home. And it doesn't even have to be late. It could be 10, 11. You know, but those moments where you're like, oh, it's only 11. I know I should go home, but it's only 11. I'll stay around for another hour. And yeah. then you're there till four in the morning. Like, yeah. that's how it goes. And then you're fucking in the street, wasted. And it's like, man, it's not where I want to be anymore, man. I've woken up too many places I didn't, <laughs> I didn't intend to wake up. All right. I'm going to pause real quick and uh, go put my son to bed. All right. There we go. Nice. All right. All right. So, uh, a little while ago, I lit up my second cigar, and that is a uh, a black lo- uh, black label royalty. It's robusto. It's a five and a half by fifty four, Nicaragua. Uh, the wrapper is a Corojo Ecuadorian. Binders Honduras, and the filler is Nicaraguan. Interesting. And I'm just under halfway through, and this is the first time I smoked this one, and it's it's pretty enjoyable. Um, the the La, La Triviata was was good. Uh, construction was good. The the burn was was really good. Um, and yeah, this one's this one's following it up pretty well. So, um, and I am officially drinking the my my first beer in a month, and that is from a local brewery called Windmill and Dyer, and it's called Right Meow, uh, in honor of the Super Troopers two release. So. Um, all right, so we'll get back into it. Uh, you wanted to talk about marketing the podcast. Yeah, just interestingly enough, uh, today I spent most of the day trying to figure out the best times to market, promote, and release podcasts that more people will watch it, all right? So I have a friend who is a, a successful YouTuber, all right? So his YouTube channel is totally different than anything we're doing. It's all about Korean culture. So it's a guy I met in Korea. He and his wife live in upstate New York, I believe. And they're two white people. They're not Korean at all, but they just found a market that works for them. They talk about Korean drama, Korean music, uh, whatever is pop culture out there. And uh, they have a good following. He makes money off of YouTube, right? So he's pretty successful. So he's giving me all this advice today. And he was telling me that I should uh, structure my release releases at strategic times of the day and week to get the most views. All right. So what I did today is I released a video on uh, on Facebook. So for Facebook... I don't know how new it is, but it's new to me because I did for the first time. You can upload a video directly to Facebook, right? So uh, it's 2018 and people are becoming lazier with their uh, scrolling, right? So people are likely to scroll past a post on Facebook and not necessarily click on the link, right? So if you have a link to a YouTube video, they're less likely to watch it. But if you upload the video directly to Facebook, it plays automatically. You know, like when you're scrolling through your Facebook page, it's playing these videos automatically. And sorry to cut you off, but I fucking hate that about the Facebook app. Oh, I bet. <laughs> as, as, as I'm scrolling, all of a sudden, I'm you know the, the volume kicks in and it's yeah, like, yeah. motherfucker. Yeah, so it's like forced 
right? Yeah. It's forced on you. And, it's, and it's it's definitely sucked me into a few videos. Absolutely. Me so. too. I hate watching people's videos on YouTube. Like, I really do. <laughs> I'm I'm so fucking bad at other people's stuff. Like, I, I have to like, put conscious effort into promoting my friend's stuff because I don't, I don't really want to be distracted from what I'm doing, right? I don't like getting sucked into those wormholes. Uh, but it happens. So he was telling me that you got to release at 7 a.m. or 7 p.m. Right, that's what he was telling me. 7 a.m. or 7 p.m. is when you got to release content, and you got to build up to your content. So you got to release something before the thing that you actually want people to watch. Right, so you release something that gets people's attention towards your page, and then it's all about algorithms. Like when you're posting, and when people are watching, and when people are liking, and when people are sharing, it boosts your like uh, your whatever your post to the top of the the board again. So you got to try to strategically put it at times where people will watch like comment and share so then the next day it pops back up on the top of everybody's feed right so then they have to watch it again and then they're paying attention to your page and then you post the thing that you actually wanted them to watch and then they're more likely to watch it not guaranteed obviously but more likely so he gave me all this advice today so i uh and because of your influence i also created a stitcher page today so i can upload my podcast on stitcher before it was only on soundcloud and itunes but i learned that soundcloud is just not the platform that most people are going to find podcasts. So Stitcher, iTunes are the top two. So I learned that today, posting on Stitcher, uh, posted a video on Facebook of a video that I made in 2011, uh, but it's nice to have content, right? That's why you have to have like a lot of content so you can upload and distribute shit just to warm people up to the thing that you actually care about. So like that's, those, those are things that you never really consider like a marketing plan for your art, uh, but I guess if you want to be successful or you want to grow your audience you got to do it in the way that's going to work right if it's not working then you got to try something different so i'm I'm doing this all i'm learning this all today and it's like okay uh this is a new a new thing that i have to keep in my mind all the time now like when i create a podcast i don't have to release it right away you know you can hold on to it for a day or an hour or whatever you want and you should you should plan out your releases based on the times that people are most likely to watch it uh, and have other content to surround it, right? You have your Twitter, you have your Instagram, you have your YouTube channel, you have all those things. And like you have video and you should release it, even if it's like not great. You know, at least it's something that people could click on and go to something else. You know what I mean? So that, that's like, you know, I think the next level. I think a lot of people are doing podcasts and doing stand up and have an Instagram and have a Twitter and they're just not using it properly. And me too. You know, I mean, I have like 400 Twitter followers and I've had Twitter since like 2010. So, like, that's not good because I don't know how to use it. But from the one lesson my friend is giving me today, I already got from the video that I posted on YouTube. I'm sorry, on Facebook, uh, which has been a YouTube video for seven years. It's been on YouTube for seven years and it's got like 900 views. I posted it on Facebook today. It's got 175 views in two hours. Jeez. In two hours. So I'm like, man, this is crazy how useful that little bit of advice was for my friend. So now those 175 people that have watched my video, when I post the podcast that I recorded on, what, Monday or Tuesday, I can't remember, when I actually upload it tomorrow, those 175 people are more likely to to see the post for the podcast than they would have been otherwise. Because typically I'm getting... 30, 60, 100 views or uh, plays on my podcast. So if I can get those 175 people that more than likely didn't listen to all the other podcasts, they're, they're going to be exposed to it uh, directly. Uh, and so that's something that I learned today. So, I mean, I don't know how much you use your Facebook. Do you that's even have a Facebook? My, yeah, you do. We're, we're friends on Facebook. Yeah, my, my Facebook page, I 
you know, it, it's pretty much used when I post something to Instagram because it automatically goes to the Facebook. Right. right. That's pretty much the only time I, uh, my Facebook gets used, um, you know, for, for the Herfcast anyway. Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm not good with Facebook. I'm not good with Twitter. Twitter's the same thing. Like, uh, every, you know, what I post to Instagram gets posted to Facebook right. or, uh, uh, to Twitter. Twitter. I'm sorry. Um, and yeah, the, the times, uh, I did learn about that a little bit, but not really, I, I guess I heard about it. I didn't learn about it. Um, one of my, one of my past shows, uh, uh, he's got a, a travel vlog called mm-hmm. Discover with Dima. Okay. And he was telling me, like, with, with YouTube, you, you post your videos at a certain time of the day so right. that it gets more hits. Yeah. And, um, you know, that's that's definitely something that I've never really paid attention to or tried to do with this. Like, um, I get kind of antsy and try to try to just post it as soon as as soon as I'm yeah. done with it, ready to go. Yeah. Uh, so I'll definitely have to be more conscious of of. Um, you know the the times. Another thing I'm horrible with is, um, like the 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 tag words. The yeah, the hashtags or the keywords. Yeah, well, well, hashtags I do on Instagram, uh, but the keywords like and and uh, description for the episode. Yeah, like I I never put anything in there. It's like all right, I I, I really got to start. Yeah, putting the keywords. No, it and matters. A little description. So there's and, something else I learned today. And it's almost common sense, like you shouldn't need to be taught it, but to create a document where you're constantly adding keywords to it and just save that document so you can copy and paste so you don't have to like type it in each time. Because that's what I was doing. Each time I was typing in what what I wanted to put in each, like each episode had different, you, oh, you have your uh, hashtag document. Yeah. Exactly. And that's so smart. I mean, you have your hashtags and you have keywords, you have different ones because sometimes you got to put commas in between or you got to put... Yeah. Whatever, so you have to have a different little formats, but uh, it's such a smart thing to do and to be able to copy and paste so you have it on your phone and you have it on your computer so you can always upload content, even if it's an Instagram or a Twitter, and be able to have those hashtags saved so you don't have to, so it doesn't have to be so much effort. Yeah. Because you want it to be pretty effortless, you know, to be maintainable. Yeah, that's that's what I'll usually do if I, if I post something from my phone. I'll come back, you know, like when I get a chance, like here on the computer, I got my, my hashtags here. Yeah. And then I've got cigar life. the tags for episodes here. Cigar porn? So, cigar porn? Yeah, there cigar porn. Uh, you know, cigar lifestyle. Um, yeah, B-O-T-L and S-O-T-L. Smart. That's Brothers of the Leaf, Sisters of the Leaf. Oh, okay. Um, you oh, know, shit. Just, I'm learning something new right now. Yeah. Brothers of the Leaf. So, Sisters of the Leaf. Yep. So, yeah, that that's one thing that... Uh, I'm almost done with the cigar. I'm feeling very optimistic <laughs> that this is doable. So so how do you, how do you feel about it now that you're about three quarters of the way through? I'm enjoying it. Like I I came in with the with the the um, expectation to not be able to finish it. So to be almost finished with it is very exciting, and I I enjoyed it. It was not harsh. My throat does not hurt at all. My mouth doesn't <laughs> taste shitty. My mouth tastes like I smoke. Like I I inhale or like I uh, puffed it once. Yeah. You know what I mean. That's how my mouth tastes. It doesn't taste like i've been smoking this whole cigar yeah there's there's definitely some cigars like when you when you when you get into the higher power the 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 stronger cigars you know you could definitely you'll end up getting getting the mouth feel a lot more where it's like damn this thing's fucking hitting me um but you know and that's i'm usually a more of a full strength cigar smoker um but like like tonight you know starting off with that 
with that uh, uh with a milder cigar uh that's that's better to do when um you know like if i if i know i'm gonna have a couple of cigars you know you definitely want to start with some with light the, yeah with with the weaker one and and kind of progress your way because i mean if i if you start off with a real strong cigar and then you end up going to a milder cigar. You're just not going to taste. You're not going to taste anything. Yeah, is that one stronger? The black, what is it called? Yeah, black th- what? Uh, this is black a black label, label uh, royalty. And yeah, it, it's a little bit stronger. It, okay, that's it, uh, it. Looks stronger. I don't know how I can tell that, but it just looks a little, um, a little more legit. But yeah, it's it, it's following up the La Triviata nicely. Mm. So yeah, man, I can't complain. I think uh, maybe it's possible that this is maybe just the best cigar I've ever smoked. <laughs> Well, it's not hard to do when it when it's only been one other one and you, know, you didn't smoke much of it. So I did go to Mexico and smoke a Cuban cigar, supposedly from Havana, and it wasn't awesome. So maybe I don't know. Are all Cuban cigars superior? Or is um, it just like a myth? No, no, it's definitely. I mean, at at one time they were, uh, not so much anymore. Um, you know, there's like the the traditional Cuban cigar. You know, it's a good cigar, but most Cubans are on the mild side. Yeah. Um, and that's, I, I talked about it a little bit before, but like back when, like Cuba was the place to get cigars and you could get cigars from Cuba with no, no hassles at all. Um, you know, that, that was the best that you could get. But now you've got cigars coming out of Nicaragua that are just phenomenal, but Nicaragua, Dominic, Dominican Republic, um, Honduras, Ecuador, you know, you got yeah, tobacco coming from, from everywhere. Um, you know, Connecticut, Pennsylvania. Yeah, I was about to ask, nowhere in the States, so I guess, yeah. Yeah, they're, you know, definitely, definitely, uh, Florida sun grown, uh, is, is, uh, that what Drew Estates has a Florida sun grown. That's, that's really fucking good. Um, it's, it's really popular. Um, uh, the Panacea Green label is a Pennsylvania broadleaf. Uh, it's it's you know the the that that's just the wrapper, the the filler and binder. It's Dominican. So yeah, I, I hear you kicking around these terms. What is that? What is the filler and the binder and the leaf like? Can you um, give me a like a a structure of a cigar? Because I really don't know. So the wrapper, the wrapper is the outside of the cigar. That's you know where. Where a lot of your flavor is going to come from in the smaller cigar, in a fatter cigar, a bigger cigar, you're going to have more filler and binder. Uh, that's you know basically you know the the inside of the cigar. You want you want long filler. Um, basically, long filler is going to run its its leaves that run the length of the cigar. Okay. So you, you think about if you've ever uh, you know seen a cigarette get emptied. You know uh, it, it's all short, shriveled up tobacco. You know right. like shred, shredded tobacco, whereas the like the the long filler is you know the t- tobacco leaves that run the length of the cigar so that's you'll like my ash um you know the longer the ash the the, the better constructed the cigar that that's, yeah you got a good uh inch of ash yeah th- this hanging is, off there this, is, this isn't bad but that's that's nowhere compared to what it could be but i i, I just vacuumed in here today so i don't I, I got a real bad habit of letting my ash fall on the floor yeah, um, but uh, I, I'm trying to be conscious to to actually get it in the ashtray tonight. Um, and what was it last week? I, I made a rookie mistake. Um, I was on the I was on the Google Herf with with a few buddies, and I had my glass of scotch 
in front of me and I was holding my cigar over it. <laughs> and uh, that was that was the point where the ash fell off. So I I, I, ru- I ruined a glass of monkey shoulder that way. So so I, I made a good pick of the monkey shoulder. Yeah. Huh? Oh yeah. 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 I, I actually I was at a Zodiac. You know, it's a, it's a bar as well as they do comedy there. And uh, it was some bartender who was like, pick whatever whiskey you want, whatever whiskey you want. And I was like, well, which one is popular? And she let me try one, and I'm 99 percent sure it was that one, and it was really good. Yeah. So that was, and maybe there's another bottle that looks similar to this. I'm sure there are several. Well, I mean, the the dead giveaway is the the monkeys on the top. Yeah, the I I think that I don't know if that's pewter or or what, but oh, um, looks like a what's that game where you have the monkey tails, the the, the barrel of monkeys, barrel of monkeys, yeah. as they look like. So, but yeah, so the the binder and filler, you know, it's just uh, you know what's what's inside the cigar, and but. Now that you have all these different countries and regions growing different tobaccos, you have so many more flavor profiles that you could achieve. So that's you know yeah Cubans Cubans are nice they're, but there's there's good Cubans there's bad Cubans. Sure. Uh, the best cigar that I've ever smoked was a 2001 Cohiba Esplendido, which okay. was uh, part of a Secret Santa package that I received, um, and yeah that was phenomenal uh but i've definitely smoked some bad cubans um, i can imagine yeah it's and, like anything else right there's going to be a range yeah a and, spectrum and and with uh you know i could get them you know i i could i could order them um but you know when you when you think of the the hassle the expense and everything else sure it's it's just not I, it's it's not in my wheelhouse. Uh, can you, can you know, get them in the states now, or is it still uh, not legally? No, it's still uh, illegal. If, if you travel, you can. Like you, you could bring them back. Um, like if you if you travel to Cuba, you could bring back. Uh, this is last time I checked. Um, you could bring back a hundred dollars worth of tobacco and or booze. Oh, okay. And have no problems with customs or anything. So, um, but I mean, there's there there's ways to order them. Um, uh, to to order legit Cubans and whatnot, um, like like you were saying, I, I don't know where you got yours at in Mexico, but um, you know most of the time at resorts and whatnot, they're not going to be real. Yeah, I figured that was probably not uh, real. If 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 it was out of a glass top box, it was you know pretty much one hundred percent fake. So <laughs> that's I don't remember. I think it came out of some case. But I've 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 dissected a couple of fake Cubans. And that was that was entertaining. Um, <coughs> excuse me, but um, yeah, there's just you know, like I said, there's there's some really good Cubans, but there's there's a lot of there's a lot of really good cigars from from a lot of other places. Yeah, I mean this so, one's this one's not bad, yeah. and I see it's a lot of uh, South American countries. Is that just like a trend? Is it just something that they export readily? Is that just a cigar thing? Uh, I I think that's just the kind of the the money region to like you know like Cuba is is probably one of the perfect climates mm, that makes to, sense to grow tobacco yeah that makes uh, sense. but that's you know like with the South American countries and and everything else like it, it's that climate you know you have that climate where you could grow the tobacco and grow it properly and whatnot um, but then there's different ways to grow it. like the um, like the Connecticut leaves they're they're uh, they're generally grown under like uh almost like cheesecloth they'll 
so that so it's not in direct sunlight. Interesting. So that you know you'll have a lighter wrapper, or you'll have a sun grown where it's uh, you know just 100 percent sun, and that wrapper is going to be darker. Hmm. You know, and that that all affects flavor burn. Um, you know, like the thickness of the wrapper. Um, a Connecticut is, is going to be a thinner wrapper. Um, so there, there's a lot of things that, that go into um, the different blends and different leaves. And um, I'm getting like a, a wine connoisseur feel for this cigar world that I'm not familiar with. And I, and I don't know why I didn't make that analogy earlier, that connection, but it's exactly what it's like. Yeah, it's, it's the same with, you know, coffee, cigars, wine, uh, chocolate, you know, a, Anything like that, you know, picking up the different nuances and whatnot. Um, you know, there, there's people out there that'll that'll name off completely random flavors out of the cigar. And go, yeah, toasted marshmallow and and you know, white pepper. You know, it's like, all right, I I could see pepper. You know, I I, I get that. Like toasted marshmallow and like uh, uh, I I seen one. It's gunmetal. Huh. It's like. Were you chewing on a gun, and yeah, that's yeah. how you you know how do you, how do you know what that tastes how do you like? Know that? How are you familiar but, with that taste? I mean, there's there's only so many so many tastes that you could that you could pick up, but right. uh, a lot of the a lot of the crazy flavors that people talk about, like that, uh, a lot of that started off as just marketing. Oh, I'm sure because so, that's what sounds good to the layman. Oh, a marshmallow you flavored got cigar. Yeah, you, well, that's that's uh, one of the podcasts I was listening to, which that was another one of one of the things that I realized a couple weeks ago. It's like you know, I I don't listen to any other cigar podcast. I I really should, you know. So I found one, and it, it's a really good one. It's uh, the Hot Ticket Podcast. Um, so I I've been I've been kind of binging that show while while I'm working, um, but you know that's a you know they they made a good point about about the flavors and everything and um you know it's just uh they they mentioned like uh, you know look somebody somebody said blueberry cobbler in, mm. in in a cigar and they're like you know that that's just completely wrong information to give somebody you know like someone like you who's 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 not familiar with cigars right. if they read a v- review and this guy says there's blueberry co- I, I taste blueberry cobbler well that means that you know Somebody might pick up that cigar and think, "Wow, this is going to taste like blueberry Absolutely. cobbler," and then like it doesn't taste anything like new uh, blueberry cobbler. Right. You know, that's, a, that's what I would expect, but only because I'm having this conversation with you. But I think if I saw a cigar advertised as blueberry cobbler, I'm like, "No, it's going to taste like a hookah or something." Yeah, yeah, it's probably going to be in a white owl package. Yeah, there you, you go, know. Swisher sweets or something. Yeah. Which do taste like stuff like the grape flavored, like those things that you get from the gas station. Yeah. But that's, but you know, there, there's a hint of like fucking uh, burning tire in there as well. Yeah, you some know? arsenic <laughs> and some. What else is gonna kill us? Some fucking what's that? What's that? Uh, cyanide or something? You know? Yeah. Like yeah. yeah, I think that too. I mean, would you ever buy a cigar from a gas station at this point? And you're, uh... um, probably not. Like, I mean, I have before just because, like you know a, a shitty day at work sure I, you know fuck it I, I, i've got none on me i you know i don't have time to smoke it but you know just i, I need something so I'll, you know pick up some backwoods or something and you know i've done that a couple of times but um you know now i've you know the weather's getting nicer so i'll be able to you know take my cigars with me and uh, not have to worry about them 
freezing? Is that yeah, is it like fr- temperature outside and make it different? Yeah, I, I, I bet, mean, I bet it does. Uh, like, if the temperature is fluctuating a lot, mm. it could affect it. Like, if it if it's gradual or you know, but like here where it's sixty degrees in the daytime and thirty five degrees at nighttime, like that's yeah, I mean, fluctuation. If it happens a few times in a few days, you know, you yeah. could have some negative effects. Um, but like freezing cigars isn't a bad idea. Mm. Like when, when, when ordering, um, you know, because you, you have the chance to get like cigar beetles or something like that. Um, so, I mean, there's, there's also a proper way to, to freeze, to, to kill like any, any larva that might be in the cigar. Um, but you, you know, kind of want to, uh, the, the best way to do it is leave them in the fridge for a couple of days then put them in the freezer for a few days. And then when, you know, put them back in the fridge for a couple of days. So it's not, so, so you don't get that shock factor, you know, yeah, yeah. And then, then put them back in a general population. So. You did just open up a, a can of worms. What do you, what do you mean? There's uh parasites in them or what, what do you got? Larva? Uh, what kind of larva no, are not, we talking? <laughs> not, not normally, but, uh, you, you can get, uh, like there, there was, um, I did have one time I found a beetle in the humidor. No shit. And that was, um, you know, I found the cigar that it came from because there was beetle holes in it. No so, shit. So I, I actually cut that cigar open and, you know, there there was a larva in it. That's crazy. And, uh, but yeah, 99% of the time, like if you're, if you're getting your cigars from a reputable place, it's, it's not going to happen, but you know, it can so, happen. Yeah, it, it can. At what point in the cigar are we considering it done? Oh, you're good, man. That's, uh, you know, you're getting into finger-burning territory, so. I'm going to puff on it a little bit more, but I'm going to (laughs) congratulate myself ahead of time. Um, It's really not bad, and actually the more that I puff on it, the more I want it. You know, it's like once the taste starts leaving, you, like, crave it back. Yeah. I mean, it's the same like alcohol, too. It's the same. I I mean, I'm a man of leisure. Yeah. I like to think about what I'll be like when I'm older. And uh, I, I mean, you got to do something, you know, yeah. you got to do something. I can't imagine me be like playing tennis. You know, I'm not into that <laughs> stuff. So I could sit back and smoke on a cigar. I don't know how my fiance would feel about it. Her and I are both non-smokers. So it's like, yeah. what about your fiance? Is she smoke? No, she's non-smoker. Mm-hmm. Um, that, that's, that's another thing that just amazes me that she doesn't have any problems with this, you know. Um, and, but yeah, she's... She's cool about it. Uh, yeah, non-smoker. It doesn't bother her. Um, you know, I, I I think she she casually smoked a cigarette here and there for a brief period of time, but uh, uh, but yeah, that she she was never a a, a smoker. You know, I, I I would I would never consider her ever ever being a smoker. You know, that's good. So. No, it's good that she, uh, you know, lets you, of course, and it's big in any relationship. You got to let, uh, let people have their thing. Yeah. Know? Let, let them have their thing. Don't, don't fight it. Yeah. That's, I mean, she definitely understands that, you know, it's a, it's a passion for me. Yeah. And, you're not uh, taking it lightly. You know, you got a whole cigar podcast. Yeah. That's, you know, trying. Yeah. No, I mean, it's <laughs> legitimate. I mean, you can tell people that you are one thing all day long, but if you're not actively doing that thing, then you're kind yeah. of, you know, bullshitting yourself. That's how I feel about comedy. Like, if I'm not performing regularly, then I had to have something else. So, yeah, podcast. Like, it's just it's another avenue, another uh, another way to get some comedy out there. Uh, and I mean, I appreciate this podcast. I appreciate anybody trying to 
uh, get their voice out there and allow other people to get their voices out there. Because, I mean, we don't all have, you know, Hollywood connections or whatever. And uh, it's the same thing. Like, everybody in Hollywood is, they're doing podcasts. They're doing, you know, stage shows where not a lot of people are showing up and just, like, doing the same thing. I think it's like that Tinseltown, that, that uh, illusion people have that everybody in Hollywood is famous. And it's, yeah. it's not so much. People are working hard to be something that they probably will never be. Yeah, that's I, I can't remember which podcast I was listening to, but they were kind of breaking down like, you know, it, it, I think it might have been Joey Diaz talking about, you know, getting into acting and whatnot and how, you know, yeah, you're not making, you know, yeah, you're an actor and you've been in some shows and whatnot, but that doesn't mean you're rich. No. Like, you know, especially, especially with uh, the cost of living out there. Absolutely. I mean, you got to think like, what people don't consider, if you have a gig, you get paid for that gig. But until the next gig, you're not you don't have any income. Yeah, that's, so it was to... uh, it was Brian Callen oh, yeah. talking about that. Cool. I also so, open for. Yeah, that's 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 amazing, man. Like I I can't even imagine what that would be like. It's just surreal. It's like uh, I don't know, man. As a little kid, you have certain dreams, and uh, I mean, I wasn't a little kid when I had these dreams. Like when I first started thinking about stand up comedy, I was already 21 or 22. Uh, Never thought I would make it as far as I did, you know, to yeah. be in the room with my heroes. You know, I'm in a room with Dave Chappelle. I'm in a room with Joe Rogan. I'm in a room, with, you know, taking pictures with Brian Callen, doing shows with Brian Callen and Ian Edwards and these guys. And it's like a dream come true. But once the dream comes true, you realize there's like layers to that dream. It's not as simple as just yeah. being there. You got to find a way to maintain that. And, you know, it's it's not for everybody. I mean, and you, you have gotta, to make a lot gotta, of sacrifices. You got to find a way to get found. Yeah, I mean, it's it's almost impossible. I mean, you just have to um, really pay attention to trends. You know, that's a big yeah. part of it. Like, what is what is trending right now in comedy? You know, you can't just you can't just sit idly by and think that you're gonna make it. You know, you have to actively chase opportunity, right? So that's a big part of it: chasing opportunity um, and not not taking it for granted when you do get an opportunity. You have an opportunity, you should put your all into it. So, like, you're doing these roast battles and you got jeff ross sitting right there judging your roast battle and you're like okay this is he's like comedy central's main dude you get in good with jeff ross you're gonna have a career you know you're yeah. not gonna ha- maybe you're not gonna be rich or famous but you'll have work yeah <clears throat> excuse me so it's like those type of opportunities and you have to treat it like it's a uh, like you're getting accepted into harvard or yale you know what i mean it's like you really you got to be not just be an elite Sorry, an elite comedian. You also have to put that elite effort in, you know, yeah. that, like Olympic level, like commitment into your comedy, and for that one opportunity, because you, you may only have one. And I think a lot of people don't realize that when they're. I, I don't know. I, I equate a lot of things to when people are young. You know, when you're young, you don't really understand opportunity. You don't. You don't really understand the concept that opportunities are so limited. You know, you're not going to get an infinite amount of opportunities. You're going to get a finite amount of opportunities, and if you don't seize them then you're not sure if the next one's ever going to come. So you got to really put your heart and soul into it and just ho- and hope that it's it's your time. You know, you got to and there's not a whole lot you could do. You know, a lot of it's not in your hands because you got to think somebody like Jeff Ross is with comedians doing comedy all the time. He's seeing the best of the best. So for you to impress him is going to take a lot. Yeah. But you should go for it. You know, go for that. Don't don't settle for mediocrity and I I would give that advice. Hopefully I have kids one day and that's the advice I'm going to give them like Never, never aim for, never aim for just okay. Yeah. Like, what's the point of that? Like, you know what they say, aim for the stars, land on a cloud or something like that. There's a saying. Yeah. And it's absolutely true. And it's the 
the one thing that I've gained through all my experiences. It's just like you got to you got to seize those opportunities and then not not be so discouraged when things don't go your way, you know, because yeah. it's life is long, life is hard and it's not, it's not going to one thing or another is not going to make or break you. It's going to be a series of things. And that's what I was talking about, like with promotion, you know, when I'm learning today about promotion, what I really learned is that you have to keep creating content. And if you want to be successful, I mean, it it doesn't have to be uh, Instagram duck face in the mirror promotion all the time, but it should be something, you know, something, anything, even if it's like pictures of your son, you know, anything that people can get an inside look at who you really are, that's going to help your promotion. And I'm not saying everybody even has the same goals in mind that everybody wants to be, you know, on TV or be super famous like that might not be your motivation but you are creating content that you want people to hear you want people to to follow so you should supplement it you know supplement it supplement it as much as you can um and i believe my my true belief is things like that we're doing like keegan and you and i that we have these little grassroots uh projects that are soul projects just for ourselves Uh, we're, we're motivating others you know we are like uh, you know, we're pioneers. We're pioneers to a sense because how many, I mean, realistically, how many podcasts do you think are coming out of Northwest Indiana? Yeah. Not that many. I mean, even if it's a hundred, that's not that many because yeah. this is a big in, area. In, in the grand scheme of things, yeah. you know, that's that's like you and Keegan were talking about on, on Pet Peeves was, mm-hmm. you know, think about how many people Joe Rogan alone has, has inspired to start a podcast. Yeah. You know, that's, you know, you at least in the hundred thousands, possibly oh, yeah. millions. You oh know? yeah, and and you know even if it's something like this, you know this, this this isn't anything big or special or anything. You know it's 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 me and somebody else smoking a cigar. Right, and, right. It's um, very simple. Yeah, um, and that's the that's the appealing part of it though. Like when I listen to your podcast with Keegan, it's literally like being a fly on the wall listening to two people just have a conversation and. And and but the conversation's real and authentic, so you feel like uh, not alone. You yeah. Know, oh, I'm not alone in these simple thoughts, these everyday thoughts. You know that to some people, you know they they might think, oh, that's a a unique thing you guys are doing a podcast about cigars. Yeah, it's unique, but not really because everybody all over the world knows somebody who's smoking a cigar and having a conversation with their yeah. friend. Right. It's not that alien. And what I'm doing, sitting in my living room talking about pets and comedy with my friends, that's what we'd be doing anyway. You know, most of my friends have pets. Like, most people have pets. Uh, And you have a dog. I mean, it's just not not that far-fetched for two people to sit around and talk about pets and comedy when they're comedians and everybody has a dog. You know, yeah. or a cat or whatever. And that, that's that's something, uh, you know, listening to your episode with Keegan. And just so everybody knows, like, uh, you know, I I didn't know him before before this podcast. Uh, Keegan Keegan got us in contact. Uh, Keegan was on my last episode. Um, and so not knowing Albert, like, you know, I, I listened to the one episode that he had with Keegan, and that's, that's pretty much all I know of him. And he listened to the one episode that I had with Keegan. So that's why Keegan keeps coming up. Yeah. Uh, he's, he's an awesome dude. If you haven't listened to the episode that I've got with him, go ahead and listen to it. Uh, and you know, definitely check out pet peeves. I, you know, I really like the concept. I'm going to have to go back and listen to more episodes and, uh, you know, subscribe and everything. Um, because yeah, you know, everybody's got pets. Yeah, please uh, do. I and mean, that's, I, when I, when I was listening to your episode with him, uh, you, know, you were talking about being able to, you know, tell what the owner's like by, by hanging out with the pet. Oh yeah. And, you know, I thought it's like, gee, I, sh- I should, I should have him hang out with Hobbs a little bit and get, and get the criticism that I need, you know? <laughs> oh, That's, I got it. Yeah. I got it for you. I mean, I, I mean, just in short, 
you of all people, you have the one high energy breed that I recommend people doing a lot of breed research before getting the Huskies, the German Shepherds, the beautiful dogs. Yeah. The beautiful dogs. Those are the ones that people get and just have no concept of the amount of energy yeah, those that's, breeds I, have. You know, I, I did research before we got them. Um, you know, like I, I had a design for my backyard. Like, oh, I, yeah. you know, uh, you know, having having the husky backyard, and I just never got around to doing it. You know, it, um, you know, because I, I I found uh, I, I found pictures that somebody had like the perfect husky backyard, and it's like you know that that's what I wanted to model the backyard after, and right. you know, just we we made the mistake of uh, our son was uh, seven months old. Oh, and you got the dog when we got the husky, the puppy. So that was yeah, it's a lot to balance. Yeah, I mean it it's definitely harder to keep track of the the yeah, husky than than the kid. So, I mean that 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 was our biggest mistake there. Um but you know, that's I I do keep them as active as I can. No, you have a good dog. I mean, I love dogs, but the one thing that I can't take is a dog that's not friendly. Your dog is super friendly. I mean, when you stepped away for a moment, he and I were hanging out with his little uh, chew toy, his little uh like rope toy yeah, yeah we're hanging out and he's playing fetch and he's really interested and he wants to be pet and i mean i just don't like dogs that are uh that don't like people like that's it that's the one yeah. pet peeve that i have dogs that don't like people or cats yeah. that don't like people cats i can have a little more leniency too because it's their their cats species <laughs> yeah they don't give a fuck they don't give a fuck about you uh but dogs like Man, your dog is super friendly, beautiful dog, about, what did you say, two and a half years old or something? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, beautiful dog. And, I mean, as far as a husky goes, I mean, your dog is very good. So, I mean, the, I mean, I hate to make anybody feel like they shouldn't have their pet. You yeah. Know? I mean, that's not my goal. It's just that, like, there there are things that you could do to, to supplement your dog's life because of its breed, you know. And, I mean, taking it on walks, obviously, but just being there for him, you know, hanging yeah. out with him, playing with him, petting him. Because, I mean, a, a husky literally, like, he's never going to run out of energy. Neither yeah. is a neither is a Jack Russell. Neither is a, you know, a German Shepherd. They're never going to run out of that that breed-specific goal to, like, please their owner and do work. Yeah. You know, and that's all they want. They want your attention. They want to be a part of your life. They want shit to do. Uh, and I never, man, I would love to have a husky, but I know that I can't in my apartment. Uh, I would love to have a German Shepherd, but they shed too much. I would love to have a Rottweiler, but they get cancer too easily. I would love to have a... Doberman, the same re- same thing. They get cancer too easily. Really? Yeah. There's certain breeds like uh, those black and tan breeds, the German Shepherds, the the Dobermans, the um, the Rottweilers. They're just too inbred, so they're just too prone to cancer. Uh, same thing with like even Golden Retrievers, uh, those dogs, and Black Labs and Labradors. Any dog that's super popular breed, they're they're just too inbred. And that that, that was one of the things that I read, uh, you know, when I was doing the research for the Huskies that like they have. They have like the lowest percentage of having any problems. Yeah, they're with, fucking healthy with like you know joints and 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 everything. Yeah, and your dog is top notch. Like he looks great. His body condition is great. His teeth look good. His paws look good. His ears look good. His that, that, eyes are bright. That, he's that good. was he's all a good right, looking right, dog. So so confession, uh, I did take him to get a bath today. Oh yeah. Uh, he he's needed a bath for a while, and I I you know been wanting to go take him to get a bath, and then. I thought about it, and it's like, God, I, I got a vet tech coming by. <laughs> I, I really got to go take him to get a no, bath. No, I appreciate it. No, that's good. So, no, there's nothing wrong with that. It's like before I go to the dentist, I brush my teeth real good. Yeah. You know what I mean? But, like, that that's my my, my neighbor. Um, her mom is very nosy and uh, very criticizing and this and that. 
and I got I got so pissed. Uh, she kept, no, he's so skinny. He's so skinny. And and like one day she said that right after I got back from the vet. Yeah. I said, actually, he's not fucking skinny. He's 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 a number three on the scale. The perfect and body that's the, and that's the perfect condition mm. to be. You know, a three what, out of five. Yeah. yeah. And you know that that's and ever since that day she's like, oh, he's getting so big. He looks so good. And uh, it's like you fucking cunt. full of shit. <laughs> no man, I hate when people think they're like. It's very rare that you're gonna have a dog that's too skinny. Well, it, most it, of the time they're too fat. It it doesn't help that my my neighbor she she rescues dogs, which is fucking amazing. Yeah, like she's, she's got a heart of gold. Uh, you know, I've seen plenty of dogs come through that house, and she's done a lot of good for those dogs. But her mom is so fucking critical and judgmental, mm. and it's just like, just just shut the f- you, you don't fucking know. No. You, um, you don't know. No. People who rescue dogs, like shelter people and rescue people and foster people, God bless them, but you're not there at the medical level. Right? Oh, no. You're that, just not. You're there at the heart level, which is... A very small percentage of oh, what no, I do. Oh no, she's 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 great. Yeah, it's her mom doesn't rest. Like you know, it's it's my, her that does it. Yeah, ah, and the yeah. mom just judges. Yeah, the mom just judges. Oh, I see. Like okay. my 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 neighbor is fantastic with the dogs. I see. You know, but uh, yeah, like it. But it, it felt so fucking good to come back from the vet and have and, like some. Like I I knew he was good. I I knew huskies ran lean. Yeah. You know, uh, and I kept telling her like, yeah, they they run lean. You know. It, He's he's not supposed to be fucking fat, no, you know, and uh, yeah, the, like because she literally seemed like as we were getting out of the car from getting back from the vet, you know, she happened like, to be there at that moment. Yeah, yeah. So it was nice. fucking perfect. Yeah, nice. It was perfect. Way to lay it into her. So no, I appreciate it. No, I like moments like that. I mean, I deal with pet owners all day at work, and it's just like uh, there's just too many myths and too many misconceptions and too much googling of things where you're getting information from. Uh, you know, pet people that aren't professionals. You know what I mean? Um, and I know that it is getting later. We got to wrap up because I got to work at six thirty tomorrow morning. Yeah, man, we're we're creeping up on three hours. Holy that, shit! That went, that went by super fucking quick. Wow, that's so, incredible. Yeah, this this conversation has been awesome. Uh, I'm I'm glad you enjoyed the cigar, and you know, if you ever want another one, just just let me know. I know where to come. So, um, yeah, I'm always here. Uh, do you have anything? Anything yeah, wanna... uh, I always like to uh, tell people to watch my stand-up special that's on YouTube. It's called Don't Judge Me. Just search uh, Albert Escobedo Comedy, Don't Judge Me. You'll find my special on YouTube. Uh, my Instagram, Albert M. Escobedo. My Twitter, oh no, I'm sorry. Instagram is at Albert Escobedo. My Twitter is at Albert M. Escobedo. Follow the Pet Peeves podcast. You can find it on iTunes, uh, SoundCloud, and as of today, Stitcher. And then you can find that uh, on the social media. Pet Peeves Podcast is on Instagram, at Pet Peeves Podcast, and on Twitter, at Pet Peeves Pod. Uh, you can find all that stuff. And you can find all my other stand-up stuff on YouTube, too. Just Albert Escobedo Comedy. You'll find my vlog, my blog, all the stuff that I've put out there over the years. It's all uh, Check that stuff out. Uh, releasing a new episode for the Pet Peeves Podcast tomorrow. It'll be episode nine for me, so I'm pretty new into my podcast and just learning how to do tons of technical difficulties. I've had to re-record episodes a bunch of times and try to figure out how to get all my technical stuff in place. Uh, But like you said, it's all a learning process. So just go check out all that stuff. Uh, Podcasting is new to me, uh, but I'm very proud of what I've put out there. So go check out that stuff, follow it, you know, share it. Hopefully, you guys care about pets out there and pets and cigars. And you can uh, get some get some useful information out of my pet podcast. Uh, but other than that, stand-up comedy is my thing. Uh, I'll be doing stand-up comedy in uh, Northwest Indiana. You can always find me at the D's Performance Comedy Theater on Wednesday nights. 
Uh, you can find me at the district in Porter, Indiana on Thursday nights. Uh, any of that. Follow me. Come check out a show. Awesome. All right, man. Um, yeah, well. Yeah, thanks for having me, man. It's been fun. Absolutely, man. Thanks for coming by. Yep. Been a pleasure. So that's it. Uh, if you made it through both one and two all the way, thank you very much for listening. I hope you enjoyed our conversation. I know I did. Uh, I'm pretty sure Albert did as well. So don't forget, check him out. Um, and again, if you want to get in, get a hold of me, theherfcast at gmail.com. And Instagram is theherfcast. Twitter is the underscore herfcast. Facebook is the herfcast podcast. So any of that, any questions, comments, feedback, hate mail, all that, let me know. Um, I can only get better if you guys tell me what I need to improve. So don't forget to like, rate, and review, subscribe on whatever platform you're listening to this on. And, you know, you could find everything on my website if you don't have a regular platform. Those episodes are downloadable from my website. So thanks again for checking out the Herfcast, and a big thank you to Albert for coming by and hanging out in the Black Flannel Studio. And definitely another shout out to Keegan Damron for hooking us up and getting us together to do this episode. So thanks again, everybody. Stay tuned for the next adventure.